0: You're listening to the Power of Journaling podcast. Journaling has been scientifically proven to speed healing, increase productivity, reduce stress, anxiety, and depression, and improve creativity. Thank you for joining journaling.com as we explore all things journaling. Hello, everyone, and thank you very much for tuning in to another episode of The Power of Journaling. Very exciting guest for you today. Her name is Randy Tarran, and you might be familiar with her work having to do with Project Happiness. I know that my own daughter is a member of her Facebook group that has over two and a half million followers on it. Uh, Randy Tarran is the founder and CEO of Project Happiness, and she's the co-author of the Project Happiness Handbook. That provides curriculum, including journaling, to bring the best of positive psychology, neuroscience, and mindfulness to youth. Project Happiness also inspires, as I mentioned, this community of 2.5 million people on Facebook and Instagram. Pretty darn impressive. And it has daily happiness, which she calls daily happiness vitamins for the soul. Today, we're talking about Randy's newest book, and I am such a fan of it. It's called A emotional advantage. And the topic is how to embrace all your feelings to create a life that you love. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. So Randy, thank you so much for being with us. I'm so happy to be here with you, Rebecca. This is really exciting. Well, so this is quite a change for you. So for so long, you've been the happiness lady. And now you're the Embrace all your emotions, lady, which by the way, I totally respect. But I'm wondering what brought you to that?
1: Well, it's interesting. I had been focusing for years on happiness and positive psychology and, the, you know, bringing out the the sunny side of the street. And there's tremendous science that that stands behind that. And it really is a fabulous uh, perspective shift, but recently I had been receiving more and more requests and more and more questions from people on my Facebook Live and in our uh, emails about the other emotions like anxiety, like sadness, like fear, like anger. So, you know, it seemed to be very topical also, on a personal level, you know, it's something I've always been a person to look for the solution, look for the bright side, you know, find the way to get to that destination. But, you know, there are really strong, big emotions that I don't think that I had dealt with on a level that, um, you know, that I would want to during this lifetime. So writing this book gave me an opportunity. I was so fascinated to jump into it, to delve into it, to really explore, you know, the the history, the science, the strategies, the solutions, the applications, the insights that come from really embracing all of our feelings. So it has been a fantastic journey. Um, I think for me personally, as, as well as, um, I'm hearing wonderful feedback from our readers. So I think, you know, we live in anxious times and this is a, a good uh, subject area to explore.
0: I'm not even sure that it's because of the times. I think it's part of the human life experience that I'm such a big fan of positive psychology and looking for and creating joy in our life. But I think if we look only for that, we're a bit incomplete. Because, yeah. of course, we have so many emotions going on every day, for some of us, every 10 minutes. For <laughs> yeah, some of us, every moment, really. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was another 10 emotions. <laughs> yes,
1: yes. And and uh, the truth is, um, our emotions are gifts, in our lives. They are messengers. They give us information, their data points, whatever you want to call them. But um, their messages from uh, the deepest part of ourselves to ourselves. And if we can appreciate them, welcome them and embrace them, then they have the potential to
0: really enrich and inform our lives well how is that because some of these emotions are pretty darn unpleasant you know the emotion of depression the emotion of anger the emotion of resentment there is that desire to sweep them under the rug because that's not who we want to be and we don't want to feel it so how is that valuable for us well um let's take the emotion of guilt for example good one yeah, it
1: it you know nobody wants to feel guilty that's just heavy and shame is even worse every we run away from that one but uh guilt for example brings you back to your core values it's it's a bit of um a wake up call that hmm this just doesn't feel right you know and what what really is important to me? What do I stand for? And guilt gives you the opportunity to uh, course correct. You know, um, anger is another one. Oh my gosh, who wants to be angry? I mean, the first of all, it can feel like a, a forest fire, um, just burning up everything in its path. Um, but then on the other side, anger has its uses it's the one of the most potent emotions and thinking of you know the social justice movement where would martin luther king have been if he did not channel that anger or gandhi or the suffragettes or Mm. you know the me too movement whatever it's it's anger that incites action, but the key word is to channel it skillfully, and we can all do that. We do have the potential.
0: I I see great value also, even to the acknowledging of the emotion and the naming of it. Because sometimes we just don't feel good, we don't feel right, but we don't know what it is. It's all kind of jumbled together. So can you give us some processes? Let's say we have something going on, like, darn it, I just don't feel great today. I feel this or that. How do we get to the heart of it and figure out what is it we're feeling and how can we benefit from that feeling? How can we use that?
1: Yeah, I'm so happy you mentioned that because uh, Dan Siegel um, is an author that I respect so much. He I, coined- I interviewed Dan Siegel a couple of weeks ago. He's a gem and a half, isn't he? Oh, incredible. He incredible, incredible, opening up this whole area. And he coined the term, name it to tame it. Hmm. So that has to do with exactly what you're talking about. Naming our emotions in order to tame them. But the thing is, by naming our emotions, we go from a reactionary position where, oh, we don't know what we're feeling, but we're feeling it, that's for sure. And we're just going to react and say the first thing that comes out of our mouth. And, you know, there could be a lot of hurt both to ourselves and to other people for that. But when we can label the emotion, even let's take something like happiness. There are so many degrees of happiness. There's quiet contentment. There's surprise, a pleasant surprise. There's all the way to excitement, to bliss, to ecstasy of the whole gamut. And even with anger, what are the, some of the ways that we feel anger? We could be disgruntled. We could be frustrated. We could be irritated. We could be pissed off. We could go to a white hot rage, you know, that, um, people are taking a fit of anger. That's why it, it's called a fit because they're just out of, out of control, out of awareness. I think that's what I really wanted to say because labeling our emotions, naming, well, what specifically am I really feeling at this moment?
0: How no. do you advise people do this? For example, do they just check in with themselves at different times throughout the day and say, you know, what am I feeling now? Or do they wait until they have a, a tsunami of emotion coming in? And then they say, whoa, what is that? What's what's the best way? What do you recommend?
1: Yeah, I, I recommend don't wait for the forest fire, catch it when it is just a spark. And that has to do with awareness and that has to do with checking in with yourself. Mindfulness, what what am I feeling right now in this moment? And um, that has to do with not pushing it away, not suppressing it, not necessarily going into a big reaction but just touching base with yourself, okay, in this moment i'm feeling you know maybe i'm feeling a little fear I'm, I'm feeling a little anxious i can feel anger starting to come i am getting irritated over that and then you come to a choice point you can say well given that what are my choices what can i do right
0: at this moment um, and
1: that opens up all sorts of possibilities
0: I notice sometimes there's a middle question in there for me as well. So I'll ask myself, you know, what am I feeling right now? And I pause, you know, that's that beauty, isn't it, of mindfulness? I pause, I kind of go inside, I go, I'm feeling pretty anxious and, oh, a little fearful. And then for me, the next question is, why? What is, is there something in particular that I'm feeling anxious about or fearful about? That do you do, you do
1: recommend with, that as right? Yes, that's, I'm so happy you mentioned that because that has to do with your triggers. Um, and just everyone has triggers. Uh, we grow up as children, and we are socialized a certain way. Um, our parents, of course, tried their best. Uh, but, you know, maybe some of their reactions were not necessarily the healthiest or the most nourishing. And as children, children pick up all of these things. So um, just being aware, and they trigger us sometimes consciously, and sometimes unconsciously, right? So just being aware of the why that gives so much more information So after that, we can just come to, again, the choice points. And actually, I break it down in the book into different stages. So think of it as almost a a game, right? Let's say there's a sports game, a football, basketball, volleyball, whatever it might be. So pregame is time for a pre-check. When our feelings are starting before an emotion gains momentum, it really helps to take an inventory So how do I feel? Is my energy level low? Am I sleep deprived or worried about a few things in particular? And then checking in what's on my mind? Is it job? Is it kids? Is it health? Is it finances? And then checking in with your body. Am I hungry? That affects it. Did I have no sleep or did I wake up on the wrong side of the bed? Am I hangry with low blood sugar levels? And these things seem silly, but they really can influence how we feel
0: physically, mentally, and emotionally. And then the I really like that idea of adding that physical element, you know, what am I feeling? Now let me check in with my body. I forgot about that, that mind-body connection. Yes,
1: so so true. We do that. We override our body's messages all the time, you know, so checking in with the body and then uh, the mental triggers. So from a mental perspective, like what is the feeling that's coming up from now? What is the trigger? And then that could be, you know, many things. It could be an event, like I'm nervous about a job interview or a presentation, or it could be from an old way of perceiving the world. I'm seeing the world the way I normally see the world. For some people, they see it as life is easy. For some people see it as life is a struggle. People are kind. You can't trust anyone. So, there's a statement, actually, that, that can be very helpful, and that is, when dot, dot, dot happens, that's the trigger, or when I think dot, 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 that's a mental trigger, I usually feel dot, dot, dot. So that helps you become aware of your own triggers. And then, you know, the physical cues, the emotional cues, what makes anxiety feel like anxiety? What allows me to know that I feel anger? And you get to know yourself in a deeper way. And then comes the choices. So I can choose to react or act in a constructive way. You know, I know I'm getting triggered, so I will do this. And that's taking action in advance, like at the spark level. And then, of course, is the other option. It's just making no decision at all. It's just reacting. And some people do that internally by suppressing their emotions. And some just do it externally by floating. And we all know people that, that do it one way or the other. And finally, it's Post game, so checking in. How did I? How did this work out? Um, what kind of patterns might might I have repeated? Where did I, you know, get some awareness to help me course correct as I went along? And that that really helps uh, helps us work with the emotions in a powerful
0: way. I really like this analogy of the pre game, game, post game. Now, does it take place? Like an a logical analytical checklist, or is it more like a loving dialogue in our head? <laughs> is, is it like stage one pregame? What am I? What am I feeling right now? I'm feeling this. Yeah. And then, are there any particular trigger? Oh no, no. I, what was it? Stage step two. So number one is what am I feeling? Step two is where is that showing up in my body, or is there a body element to it? Am I tired? Am I hungry? Am I you know, thirsty, something yes. like did that. I sleep well. You know, did I sleep well? Yeah, all, yeah. That, all that stuff. Which is so. I love ha- adding that to it because I forget sometimes. Oh, that's why I'm feeling this. I did yeah. not sleep well last I night. No,
1: we don't. We don't yeah. think of these things, and then comes the mental uh, triggers. You know, what's going on in my life right now, or in my perception of the situation, that's setting me off in this direction, and. Uh, And then what are my choices? But I was laughing because there is nothing logical about our emotions you know when people have emotional episodes let's say um it can seem to come out of nowhere but the truth is that as we get to know ourselves uh, better with more awareness with more mindfulness then we learn what are our triggers what do i need to do to keep myself in a balanced and uh uh you know, positive state of mind. Um, so,
0: it's all. I've got, I've gotten. Yeah, I've gotten pretty good nowadays about. Talking lovingly to myself. Oh, that's so huge. huge! It's so I know it's so huge. Years ago, I had caught myself looking in the mirror and hearing all this horrible stuff, you know, go, talking in my head that I would never say to anybody else. And so I vowed to change that. So now, when I when I do what you're talking about, I am so kind and loving about. I go. Sometimes I'll even in my head I'll go, "Honey, what are you feeling right now? I'm feeling kind of depressed." And then, "Well, are you depressed? or Are you just low?" I'm just kind of low. Could you be low because you forgot to eat the last two meals? (laughs) So could you just be energetically low? Yeah, that could be. You know, is there something you're thinking or do you have something coming up that's, you know, causing this? No, no, I think I'm okay. And then I even ask myself towards the end, I go, go, is there anything I can do to help on this? Do you need something? What do you need? Do you need to go for a walk? Do you need to have a meal? Do you need to take the weekend off? I mean, I have this whole little... Probably be straitjacketed, but I have this whole no, little no. loving conversation in my head, and I, I I like it so much. You know, what you
1: are speaking to is self compassion, and this is that is not something to be locked up for at all. This is a technique, this is uh, the work of Dr. Kristen Neff, and it is so powerful. And she divides it up into three stages.
0: So shall we talk a little bit about that? Yes, please. Because I notice sometimes I'll even talk to myself, I'll say, I'm sorry, you're feeling that way. I'm sorry, you're feeling so angry. You know, what can I do to help? <laughs> you are putting it on the head.
1: So the first part is mindfulness, just being aware, oh, I guess i I am I am feeling kind of bad. Yeah, this is a tough situation. It is tough. You know, I can't deny it. And maybe I don't want to. Okay, that's the situation. Then the other second part is the common humanity. Because, you know, people experiencing difficult emotions can sometimes feel isolated and alone. And... um you know, it can be tough. So Mm -hmm. the idea is that this, you know, hey, you know, you're not the only one that is going through this. Uh, Struggles are a part of life. And uh, everyone has to deal with challenges from one time or another. And Then the third part kicks in, which is self-kindness. And exactly what you were saying, it is speaking to yourself as if you were your dearest, closest, most beloved friend, which you are, which we are, you know, to ourselves.
0: At least least that's what we really want. We want to be that.
1: Well, yes. And there's a way of doing it. Um, You can actually put your hand on your heart. (laughs) Or hold your hands or, you know, hold your elbows, embrace yourself a little bit and and speak to yourself in your first name. So for me, I would say, Randy, you know, it is a tough situation that you're facing. And yeah, this struggle is real, but you know you always get through even the hardest things you've done this over and over and over again and this is no different give yourself the time give yourself the space what just as you were saying what do you need right now you know like speaking to yourself like hey love what do you need right now what can i Help you with um,
0: so this is a this is a healthy thing yes, to do we don't healthy. have a split personality no. um, everybody's
1: able to do this no it's it's very healthy and the science shows is that it promotes emotional resiliency people who have this practice can actually bounce back from disappointments from struggles uh, from Quarrels much faster than people who just, you know, power through because that might seem to work in the short run, but in the long run, this kindness, self kindness, self compassion, it sustains us on a deeper level and it opens the door to positive change and strengthening the neural pathways that um, make this in time become our go-to modality. We we will go to this way of thinking instead of, you know, looking in the mirror and, oh, bad hair day. Oh,
0: don't wear those jeans. Oh, you know, we can be so mean, right? Mm-hmm. So, I noticed that when I started practicing self-kindness, it's has made me kinder to other people. And it's really so natural. Now I'm just kind of naturally kind all the time. And don't we need more of that in the world? Oh, absolutely. It's,
1: you know, emotions are contagious. All emotions are contagious. So if we can express kindness towards ourselves and tap into joy and love, self-love, that promotes love for others, for humanity, for um, animals, whatever you want to say. It becomes a way of being. And in the same way, like, anger begets more anger. You know, have you ever gotten up and I've seen it. It's infectious. Yes, it is. And that's, that's mobment and that's promotes mm-hmm. mob mentality and people lose connection with their values in situations like that.
0: So you have your, you're so connected to 2 million people. Have you noticed of changes going on? Or do you see one or two emotions in particular that people are talking to you about that they're really having a hard time with? Are you seeing any trends? Yeah, yeah, I actually
1: um, fear and anxiety. I would say anxiety is a huge one. It is escalating like never before, the statistics say close to one in five Americans are suffering from anxiety, and those are the ones that have reported it. Um, for teenagers, it can be even higher.
0: So that, that is uh, a huge element. Now, is that just for Americans, or are other people around the world feeling this too?
1: The World Health Organization has declared depression depression, to be the greatest cause of uh, suffering around the world. And that is for all ages, That's children as well. That is for, no matter your socioeconomic background and no matter
0: your country, no matter your gender. So this is huge. We knew- Does the World Health Organization say what's triggering that is because is it because we're all so involved in the news now that we are bombarded with more negativity than before? Um, do they know what's causing it? Um, they, that
1: is not in their in their report, uh, but in what we have seen recently, um, empathy is going down you know uh, and that is really striking because this is a time where we need to tap into our empathy and be um kinder to one another and and break these uh, these so-called divisions that would separate our ourselves because really at the heart of the matter you know you and I know we are all Basically, the same internally. We all want to belong. We all want to be accepted. We all want to be loved. We all want to be safe, you know? So, um, it's an invitation right now. And, and I feel very optimistic about it because there are more strategies than ever with mindfulness, with positive psychology, with the neuroscience where we don't have to um, whatever we focus on grows, right? So I think it's good to be aware of all of our emotions and how to work with them instead of deny them and take the lessons that they offer and then use that to empower Our lives and our ability to connect with ourselves deeply, with one another, and with something greater. We are spiritual beings, you know, so we can tap into that as well.
0: I really like this idea of starting with ourselves to cultivate that empathy and that kindness, even just by asking ourselves, what am I feeling right now? What do I need? And doing it in that kind and loving way, that's probably the answer. That's probably the start. If we can be kind and empathetic and patient with ourselves, it will be so much easier than we'll be building those those neurotransmitters in the brain and, and the paths in the brain so that we can then be Kinder and, and more empathetic towards others. Absolutely, I think uh, I
1: think that's the path to to a, a better world, a, a more compassionate, uh, a more um, uplifting world where where everyone can thrive. We have to start within ourselves.
0: It's not a selfish act. It's not to focus on the self and to be mindful is not a selfish act. It's the opposite. It's gonna make the world a better place. Exactly. Exactly. It's the it's the opposite.
1: And you know, whatever acts of self-care, um it can be. Um, you know, just what do you need to thrive? Is it some time alone? Is it journaling? Is it being in nature? Is it Exercise, we have happiness habits you know that are mindfulness, gratitude, wellness, uh, caring for others, altruism, um, freedom, letting go of limiting beliefs, like those mindsets that would keep us imprisoned in 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 thought patterns that no longer serve us, connecting with one another we 're social animals, and finally returning to the the profound strength and uh, knowledge and love, capacity for love that we all have, and joy that we all have inside of ourselves. So, you know, tapping into all of these um, really increases our awareness, our emotional resiliency, helps us navigate the, so-called negative emotions, which by the way, I don't think are negative. I think they are informative. Each Mm -hmm. one has something to teach
0: us. And by embracing and accepting all of our emotions, we become whole. Absolutely. That is
1: what makes us human, you know, to experience the whole spectrum of the human condition. And that's what adds, you know, compassion. When we experience sadness, we know, you know, how another human being feels. We can empathize with them. We can help. We can be with them. You know, it, you can't do that if you're denying your, your emotions. We have to uh, really approach them with curiosity, all, all facets of our lives.
0: Randy thank you so much for being with us today you've given us so much to think about listeners we've been speaking with Randy Taran with Project Happiness check out her Facebook group Um, also her book Emotional Advantage and thank you Randy and thank you everyone else for being with us today as we explore the power of our emotions and the power of journaling Thank you so much. I've so enjoyed our conversation. Thank you for joining us. For more great information on how journaling can improve your life, visit journaling.com and pick up a free copy of our guided journal, 30 Days of Joy.